And we're back with Brews and Reviews. I'm Jake, we got Joel and Cole, and we're here to talk about the season finale of The Mandalorian. Happy holidays, everyone. I guess we haven't said that in the previous podcast. Uh, Merry Christmas, y'all. Oh, that happened. Oh, now it's the holidays because we got you know New Year's coming up here next week. So Hanukkah. Wait. No, Hanukkah happened. No, Hanukkah. I think Hanukkah. Santa. It might be still going on. I don't know. Okay, I don't know all the holidays. That's why I just want to wish everyone a happy holidays. We're here to talk about season finale of The Mandalorian and what we thought about the show as a whole. So, last episode aired yesterday, guys. What do we think about it? I I loved it. Of course you did. <laughs> like, uh, like uh, no, I'll let you just say what you thought of it first. What I said? I saw, I saw it twice, Joel, so like I got some really good perspective on this episode. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Yeah. Um, I actually I like this episode a lot. I did have one big issue with it, and if this is the first time you've listened to our Mandalorian podcast, there will be spoilers for this episode, so if you haven't seen it, I would suggest you go see it. Go see the whole series. Definitely worth it. But now let's get into it. Um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna cut to the chase. The beginning of this was fantastically funny, and awesome. Oh, yes. amazing opening yeah. scene. Uh, best written scene I would say as far as comedy goes by far. It dragged on, but it wasn't like you didn't feel like it dragged on. Like it went on longer than and I thought it, it was. And it wasn't totally in your face funny. Like it, it was well played. Yeah, especially the baby punching. <laughs> I think yeah. there's a total of three baby punches. Dude, Twitter blew up about the baby punches. I'm shocked. I'm shocked Twitter went out. Oh, this mythological creature baby is getting punched in the face. We should freak out. Hashtag baby, life Yoda, baby Yoda life matters. You were really surprised that that happened? No, I knew it was going to. As soon as I saw it, I'm like, someone's going to freak out about this. It's going to make no sense. PETA. PETA, man. Okay. PETA protects the Yodas. Uh, but the scene's really well done, the f- all the way from um, them punching the baby, which for some reason, I, I think everyone laughed at it. It was just kind of funny, just like, after he bites, the third one's the best when he bites his finger and just socks him. Yes. But then they also can't hit this little box thing that's about three yards away that. from him. And it, like, just giving, like, credence to the fact that stormtroopers can't hit everything. It was a perfect opening as far as, like, we had a very intense episode end. So they had some le- levity to kind of start this one. Even the thing is where he's like, um, can we come into town? They're like, oh, you should hold on. He just killed someone for interrupting him. Like, <laughs> like, 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 do you not get the point? I get the point, okay? He just killed half his guys. <laughs> like, uh, this scene was very well written, very well executed, very well done before we got into some more intense stuff. And all I know is that Cole's theory from the last episode that the droid was bad was completely wrong. Dude. I do like that theory, though. It was a good theory. No, I liked it, too. He sucked me, he sucked me in. He Dude. sucked me into it. Then that, how they shot the scene was a total red herring because it made no sense why you'd shoot the scene like that. So they must have intentionally been setting you up to believe oh, that. suddenly you're a cinematographer now? You just yes. know how to shoot scenes? No, there's certain ways that you shoot scenes, and that's one of the ways. It's kind of like when you have a really zoomed out um, – if, if say it's dark out, it's really zoomed out, and you're kind of the camera angle like from the trees. You assume that somebody's watching them like intuitively, just because you've seen that in movies before. It's like that same thing. Like this is what you normally do, and you know, I was still thinking he was evil up until the end because I'm like, oh, this is 
my brain automatically assumes that the droid has a master plan. I'm like, oh, he's breaking them out because that's his only way that he can hope to get Baby Yoda off the planet. But that did not turn out. Turns out he was a good droid that died. I think once they showed him with the baby again and he protected him and after he saved him, I completely jumped off your theory immediately from there. I was like, I don't think they're doing that. The episode's called Redemption, and I think that was the droid's redemption almost in a way more than anyone else's. So I completely jumped off it. As soon as he saved the baby from the stormtroopers and then it went to go save him, then I was like, okay, no, he's he's going to be good. Didn't the stormtroopers say that they killed uh, Quill, though? Yeah. Yeah, but... So you, you didn't jump off that theory sooner? Well, no, but they, he grabbed the baby and you don't quite know what his plan was with the baby at that point. But again, I told Cole, the more you thought about it, the reason why the Mandalorian didn't trust him is that his mandate was to kill the baby, right? Which he didn't, so technically, that's what, like, when you think about it, it makes sense. Like, well, if he saved the baby, then he's obviously not evil, because that was the one thing the Mandalorian was worried about. Okay. So, but there was a big... Uh, but did, also, they couldn't hit a can three feet from them. How were they supposed to hit a guy on a speeder bike? They probably just ran into him, dude. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, man, a blind squirrel gets a nut every now and again, okay? Once in a while, these stormtroopers hit something, these jagaloons. Um, but they go out. That's what happens when you punch babies. You die, droid style. And um, we get into the nitty-gritty of this. We get to know more about the – we get to learn the Mandalorian's name. And unfortunately, we get to know what he looks like, which was stupid. I actually have to agree with you on that. They played that card way too early. Way too early, and there was yeah. no, there was no. You could have done it, like I told Cole. The way I wish they would have done it, and this is what I thought they were gonna do when he said, "I am no living thing." They're gonna have it from like the point of view in the back of his head after he took the helmet off, and show like the top of his hair, and have the droid like fix him. Yeah. And they just show his face, and he kind of looks like a scrub. I'm not gonna lie. Like, <laughs> he looks like a man well, child. Well, he looks like, so. well, he's from Game of Thrones. He actually looked, he looked way more B.A. in his Game of Thrones character. So I kind of knew what he probably was going to look like, but they really – it I don't know. It was a, They shouldn't have done it. There's no reason to do it, and now you took away the mystery after season one of what he looks like. It's like I would have been happy if they never showed him. Same. We didn't Same. need to know what Bubba Fett looked like. never shown him. I am glad that I still think he's badass with the helmet on, though. No, but yeah, I know. But now that mystery's gone after she's like, maybe in the final season of like the, when you knew the show was going to be done after this, then you do it. You don't do it now when you know you have a second season coming and now you've already pulled, you've already pulled the rug out now. So we know and we don't ever, we don't care anymore. So that's my biggest, because the rest of this episode is great. You have a Mandalorian with a jetpack taking on a TIE fighter. I mean, come on. And I'm one of them that I would have been fine if I never saw his face. Go with oh, 100%. the effect on that. No, 100%. I, I did not ever care to see his face. I don't think I don't think any fan was really asking for it. I haven't heard anyone says we want to see him unmasked in this season. No, I never heard that. There's so much to love about this episode. But that big one, that it's still just, even when the second time I watch it, it's just a big glaring flaw in this episode that really takes it away from being what it could have been. Um, yeah, I guess it didn't bother me too much, but it did bother me. Not quite as much as it bothered you, obviously. It bothered me the se- more the second time I watched it. That's when it really stuck in I my think- craw more, and I was like, damn it, because now, now I saw the episode, because the ending's great. Takes on the TIE fighter with this new Imperial bad guy who is obsessed with Mandalore and has the Darksaber, which was the first Jedi Mandalorian creation, or Mandalorian yeah. Jedi. We're skipping a lot in here, though. Wow, so, I'm just talking. I think we're talking about what we like and what we dislike. <laughs> I want to talk about the dark saber. <laughs> I, I want to too. 
No, I want to talk about more than you, Joe. The problem that I had with this is I I did not mind IG-11's death, but I'm just thinking back to when he was on the speeder bike taking on basically that entire group of stormtroopers, and then they have a group of, say, like seven stormtroopers waiting in that hole, like out on the outside of that tunnel, and there's no way that he can just shoot them all when he clearly did that earlier in the episode. I think the problem was was where the reason the strategic point of it. They're not going to be able. They're going to be able. The stormtroopers are going to be able to see him before him and shoot down the tunnel and have cover. And they're basically sitting ducks. So you're saying they have the high ground, basically. All right. No, but there there was more than seven, dude. I think it was like twelve or thirteen. Okay. I don't know. Well, I I also kind of. I didn't like that part that they did where he comes in with the speeder and just is mowing down these stormtroopers. I'm like, okay, this is a droid, which I get he's supposed to be like an assassin droid, but this is a ridiculous amount of people he's killing, and he's not even like really getting hit, which, again, they can't shoot. But We've established that in this th- episode. Then it really takes... But he, he did get hit a couple times. He's just really strong. Don't you remember episode one when he goes like to pound town on these guys? Dude, in episode one, he was going to self-destruct all the time, and now he takes on a whole army by himself and not self-destructing. But he did self-destruct when he needed Well, to. eventually. He had Baby Yoda with him. He had to protect him. Yeah, he so he, yeah, that was his mandate. But he was a lot more, like, he seemed like he was way more capable than all of the other characters combined. He was programmed that way. He, was st- he still had his assassination, like, program. Like, his combat skills clearly didn't go away. They had to teach him how to lift a box. They didn't teach him how to lift a box in assassin school. At one point, you didn't even know how to lift a box properly. No, Nick Nolte spent 10 minutes telling us how he taught him how to lift a box without squishing a little lizard. I don't like to remember that flashback because it was stupid and long and I hate it. <laughs> it's another one of those episodes like, man, this episode would have been so much more amazing if you just cut a lot of that out. Well, and that's another one of those that... If he would have been an evil droid, it would have made a little bit more sense why to include it, which now that you know, like, oh, Nick Nolte just got shot. This droid's been good the whole time. It's like, so why did you take us on this extremely long explanation about how to lift a box up? You shouldn't have. I think Nick Nolte was towards the end. He was probably on drugs, dude. (laughs) He was hallucinating that whole story. It wasn't even real. That ultimately led to his demise. Yeah. Because, again, they could have just waited for him to get back to the ship. But now that's on uh, Din or whatever his name is now, the Mandalorian. Din Jin. Din Jin. And, and this is getting really nitpicky. But when they go into the sewers and everything, find all the uh, Mandalorian armor and everything just sitting there because they're all dead, basically. I thought it was a little convenient to have the... Uh, Mason. Basically the, the leader. You the know, blacksmith, uh, basically, of the whole group. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. To have her be the only one left. I thought that was a little bit too convenient. I mean, leave a couple... She's clearly pretty badass, dude. Did you see her take on the stormtroopers? Oh, yeah. That, I actually love that. Like I said, it's being a little nitpicky, but I still think it's a little bit on the convenient side. Hey, can we leave the nitpicking to Cole over here, Joel? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Cole, did you have a problem with that? Yeah. N- you, didn't I mean, really, you didn't even bring that up when we were talking about I didn't, because, like, it was one of those that, like, I've come to accept about this show. Like, they just kind of do stuff like that, and you just have to learn to accept it because they don't know any other way. It is the way. <laughs> this is this the is, way. This is the way. Yeah, this is the way. This is the way. I love that he got a jetpack. We kind of see his character almost level up in ways, you know? 
That's like almost like a video game. Like you get, you now completed this mission. You get this treasure chest item, jetpack. <laughs> now go fly and kill a Tie Fighter. <laughs> we got the entire flashback now from a, from when he was found, and we saw Death Watch come and rescue him, which was. Uh, sorry, can you repeat that? I said we like we got the entire Death flashback Watch of the Mandalorian from when he was rescued as a child, and we saw. And the people that rescued him, the Mandalorians that rescued him, was part of Death Watch, which was pretty crazy, in my mind. Now, for everybody that doesn't know, explain Death Watch. I, 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 obviously, we know. Yeah, we know. We know. I, I, don't, I don't know if Jake does, so you should explain no, no, it to no. Jake. We should explain it to our audience, because, you know, we're, they come to us for the Star Wars knowledge that we have, you know? Can't disappoint okay, the fans. So, uh, when the planet of Mandalore became very pacifist and uh, basically loved left their warrior culture in the past because they didn't want to do any more wars or anything like that. They became pacifists. They exiled the uh, people who wouldn't let go of that warrior culture. They exiled them to... I can't remember what the moon of Mandalore was, but they exiled them to that moon. Moondalorian? Huh? Moondalorian? Moondalorian, yes. They exiled them there, and they kept their warrior culture and they were thought to be extinct but they actually lived on generations and wait how'd they do that without women there's a woman no they had women oh i thought you said without women i must have misunderstood you yeah you i'm sorry yeah but just they the lived for generations um and everything they called themselves death watch they wouldn't let go of their warrior culture and yeah ultimately so why did the warrior clan of the mandalorian save this guy why did why did they save little little Mando then? You mean Dinjin? Yeah, because, Dinjin. Because they hated Ding Dong, whatever. as much as everybody else did. Ah, well there you go. They, they still wanted they still wanted to be their own thing. They weren't necessarily like they didn't side with any which way. They were just their own culture. They wanted to be free from everybody else. They wanted to be their own thing. Hmm. Well, and that's. I guess I don't know enough about the Mandalorians, but like, are they generally seen as like a a good or a a bad people? Because I hear a lot of conflicting things. Like, oh, like they initially had, like teamed up with the Sith to try and take down the Jedi. Then one of them became a Jedi. Kind of, kind of in and out. Where I'm never sure how to feel about them. There we go. We hear some sounds. So that's good. Joel. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's gonna be fun to this edit. guy. Yeah, it's gonna be like a five-minute dead silence, pretty much, from you. Sorry. Okay, I think I can sum up Cole's question here, though. Um, the Mandalorians are kind of like there was like a civil war, and they kind of separated the two factions between peaceful and warrior. So, so some Mandal- not, Mandalorian member isn't rapes is yeah. culture, and like there's warriors, and there's obviously peaceful ones, and these ones are just, I guess, the ones that survived. Yeah. Yeah, basically the the pacifists were the people that ruled Mandalore, the actual planet, for a little while. And then the whole thing where Death Watch actually, Darth Maul kind of came into that whole story arc, and they actually took back Mandalore. And then some of them were, uh, and this kind of goes back into the dark side, but there's a whole backstory to that. I know. I can get into that a little bit more when we get to the dark side. No, I'm going to get into that. You're not going to get into it. I did my entire bachelor report in college on the Dark Tabor, so I know all about you it. You didn't go to college, folks. I did. I graduated. Nursing school. 
Nope, criminal justice. And we know, learned all about the dark saber. <laughs> um, no, so like, we might as well just um. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah. So the ending of this, the what's the guy's what's the imperial guy's name? Moff Gideon. Terrible name. Yeah. Uh, Moff Gideon lived in a Tie Fighter crash. Oh, shocking! No one thought he was dead. And if you did, you you silly person. <laughs> like the thing goes and just goes in the sand. I'm like, I've seen so many people survive tie fighter crashes. I'm not buying this for a second. They got really good airbags in that thing, man. Um, but anyways, you see what you hear a lightsaber sound. It is a ball. Huh? I said it is a ball. You can just fill it with air, basically, like airbags, and you're all safe. Yeah, there you go. Um, but anyways, you hear the sound of like the Jawas are like, we're gonna scrap this, and then you hear the like lightsaber sound cut the thing off the TIE Fighter, and lo and behold, it's a, the Darksaber. A very unique lightsaber. Um, there's only one of them, to my knowledge. It was made by the first Mandalorian Jedi. Yep. That kind of kept peace between the Jedi and the Mandalorians for a while. That saber, then the, the Jedi Mandalorian went back to Mandalore to rule, ends up dying. The Jedi took it back to the Jedi Academy to honor it. The After the Old Republic fell... Fell back into the hands of the Mandalorian, where basically anyone who possessed it was the ruler, and the only way to possess the dark saber was to beat the person who had it. Then Darth Maul jumps into the mix as a dark saber, which caused a galactic civil war because half the people were like, "We're not going to let this horny bastard take down our <laughs> take down our entire planet." So they fought over it, and then Darth Sidious and General Grievous defeat Darth Maul, and the dark saber gets stuck on Dorthmir until it's picked up by another Mandalorian, and that's the last we heard of it. About eight years, no, until now. Where it ended up. Well, it was on Dathomir, and then Ezra found it. Yeah, and then and, she she yeah. stopped a bunch of Imperials with it, and that's the last we know of it. Yep. But and now, so that, what we assume is that because you have to possess the dark saber by killing them, that Moth Gideon, who was obsessed with Mandalore culture, it would seem, took it from her by force. You mean killed her? Yes. Maybe we don't know that yet. Wait, did Jake miss anything on the backstory, Joel? Uh, not really. Ha! <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if. <laughs> It, it wouldn't surprise me if Moff Gideon was Mandalorian at some point. Yeah, there's, I mean, obviously there's going to be theories galore until in the next fall of 2020 when this next season comes out. Um, but obviously I, he's he's clearly very obsessed with Mandalorian culture, and he was there during – he knew his name. He knew about the Night of a Thousand Tears, <laughs> which is basically the purge, which they got to work on their naming community, man. Like, <laughs> Night of a Thousand Tears. What, do they count every tier? Like – you could call it the purge. I was good with calling it the purge. <laughs> Maybe it's a new one. The new purge. Purge two, the night of a thousand tears. <laughs> um, but the dark saber, obviously having that in there, and he's still alive. At least we still have a main villain that we can go into season two with. But now I don't think Cole and I talked to Cole about this yesterday. I don't think he's gonna appreciate it so much because obviously he needs to go get the youngling. The youngling, he's basically a surrogate father until he can either he either becomes of age. Or he finds his people, the the Yodelings. So until he finds them, like he's in his care. So this is gonna be, I think, an excuse to kind of. I think the villain's gonna be obviously chasing him down still, Moff Gideon, throughout this series. But I think that um, this is an excuse for them to travel around the galaxy, and we get to learn new things about Star Wars universe. So again, more, becoming more Star Trek. The Mandalorian, his five-year mission to explore the final frontier. But people have explored. He's not going anywhere <laughs> uncharted. He probably has to go somewhere uncharted to get to uh, the Yoda people. 
Oh, I, if no one else has yeah, been able to find him before. If, we, if no one else knew where to find him, how's this guy going to find him? And also, we're probably going to run into some Jedi characters, too. Maybe. It's kind of set up that way. See, I, I'm hoping we do, but I'm also hoping that they don't totally steal the show and make it all about them. The Jedi? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. They're not fun or cool. Yeah, we shouldn't even... We shouldn't even... No, I think they're cool. <laughs> I just think that this is a show that's doing really well without totally focusing and making the Jedi the main thing. Um, okay. Time to nitpick. I've been waiting. I've been nice. I haven't been nitpicking yet. Yeah, Joel's been the nitpicker. I have been. Little nitpicking Nelly over there. Okay. I loved it, though. Yeah, it seems like it. The whole part where Mando almost dies and then gets saved <laughs> by the magic spray was utter garbage <laughs> to me. Because... Exactly. That did not bother me okay, okay, hear me out, though. Because the fact that this magic spray exists isn't extremely shocking. I mean, it's in a galaxy it's far, far away. It's existed since episode five. What? It's existed since episode five. Yes, so then why is Mando like, oh, oh my god, I can't make it. You guys go. I, I'm okay, I'm okay. No, no he's you guys he's go. He's not going to make it, which he wouldn't have without the spray. So, and he didn't know the droid had it. I, why wouldn't he be like, hey, droid, droid, come here. Yep, see, give he me that spray. He didn't know he had it. Turn, turn around, everybody. <laughs> oh, man, I'm good to go. Let's go. What did he know about? Do you think he knew the droid had it? No, but if not, he, he was a nurse it. droid. Of course he had it. Who's <laughs> a dumb... Wasn't this didn't bother Joel. This didn't bother me either. But Cole, for some reason, like, well, if everyone has it, dude, guess what? There's there's um rattlesnake um anti venom out there. I can't just get bit by a rattlesnake. And be like, does someone have this? Okay. I mean, it's everywhere, right? Magical <laughs> like, healing spray that the droid just happened to have. It's not magic. On. It's science, bro. Magical <laughs> he- healing spray would be very nice to have for everyone. Why wouldn't everybody be like, hey, you know what? I get in a lot of gunfights. Why not some magic healing spray? Hey, man. There's a bunch of again. There's a bunch of Rattlesnakes around North Dakota where I live, and um, I I don't carry rattlesnake anti-venom around me at all. And I should, right? Because it's everywhere. Yeah. How often have you seen rattlesnakes? Like, I used to catch them. So how many times? Probably 30 plus in my life. Okay. He's been in more than 30 plus gunfights. But he never got he never got shot in the back of the head. I don't know. To me, you no. Know, when you have a helmet on, you probably think you're gonna get sniped in the back. That was just forced, like a force, like oh, we want you to think that the Mandalorian might really die. So like that whole scene was just like pandered to the audience to try and make them feel something when it had no sense in the story. Isn't that? But yeah, but they obviously like to jerk you around just like they did with that whole shooting of the um, Nick Nolte's character. And then also when the whatever. IGN, I don't know what his numbers are. Eleven. No, yeah, whatever he is. IGN, IGN. the IGN. website. Yes. That does reviews. <laughs> IGN two one eight. Yes. Anyway, him well, now we're and. Get a copyright strike. Thanks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Don. IGN's like that wasn't us. And we don't make droids. The Mandalorian, the girl, the I don't I forget his name. The other guy. Which one? The guy that was with him the whole time. Oh um. um that's a solid question. Like I don't think I know that guy's Anyway, name. you know who I'm talking about. The bounty about. hunter guild leader. Yes. Yeah. I, I but know. anyway, let's so call him, let's just call him Guildy. We talked about last time we didn't want them to get an easy out of this situation. Like we wanted this to be meaningful. They literally killed every single stormtrooper, and nobody because the uh, Mando only got injured because the other guy blew him up. 
They never would have gotten a single casualty injury other than the droid. Granted, had to sacrifice himself, which again, like you pointed out, seemed like odd considering he mowed down 50 earlier. Why he couldn't mow down seven now? Um, And so to me, like you have this aspect where they're getting this really easy out. And then you see like all the dead Mandalorians were like, okay, these four people that aren't even that great just mowed down like 300 stormtroopers, like piece of cake. 300. I don't know how many there were. There's probably like 50. And I'm like, okay, so you would have had to have a force like a million to take down that many Mandalorians. Yeah, they probably did. And the Mandalorians probably killed so, a ton of them. So where are they? They said some escaped off world, but you obviously used a huge force no, of Imperial troops. not the Mandalorians. Where, where are the Imperial troops? Dead. Where? You don't think they got massacred? Like, there was one Mandalorian that took out six of them by herself and still lived. You think they went down there and then have okay, huge casualties? Okay, but they're acting also like this is just the end of... All the Imperial troops, because she's like, oh, yeah, now that we just killed, like, all these people, I just want to live here. Seems like a great place to live. And also, <laughs> as far as the ending, when they're on the boat, and the reason why they can't take out these, like, 12 to 15 stormtroopers, makes complete sense. They're going down there waiting for them. You realize the stormtroopers are going to get the first shot, and they have nowhere to go. It's just basically going to this little suck hole, oh, so and they're be, about to get destroyed. they be, like, driving a speeder up to a bunch of waiting, waiting stormtroopers. They weren't like, maybe... speeding. They were floating at a snail's pace. <laughs> all they had to do is, they were waiting for them. As soon as they came out, just... Like, you can't miss when it's point blank. Uh, clearly, they can. No, there was a point blank. It was three yards. I don't know. To me, that's the part. Like, I like – the show had a lot of great parts, and that's why, like I, like, I wanted you guys to, like, cover that, jumped in here and there. But, like, there was things like that to me that, like, it took me out of the feel of it because I'm like, I feel like the whole thing with the Mandalorian almost dying was just to get people, like, oh, no, he's going to die. They do that in every movie with the main character you know they're not going to kill. Yeah, but I'm saying... They do that all the time. It didn't Chewbacca, make... Rise of Skywalker. Oh, no, he's dead. No, he's obviously not. <laughs> okay, to me, those things... Oh, did Ben not Solo, like about they did the it like four times in that. Didn't... Movie. It just didn't sit well with me, the fact that he took his mask off. Those are the things no, I No, the didn't... mask off is the only thing. The whole spray that we knew existed in the universe doesn't bother me at all, because he didn't know that... No one knew the droid had it on him. So how'd the droid get it? If it's that rare, how, how'd the droid get it? I don't know. You have to, you want to hear his life story? He's an assassin droid. Why would he have healing spells? Obviously, Nick Nolte had it. Oh. <laughs> Why would he give it right to the Mandalorian? Why would he give it to a droid that can't heal? Because he wanted, again, he said the droid's <laughs> coming with because he wanted to show the Mandalorian that there's a chance for redemption and not all droids are bad. Again, it was like a convenient, we want to show him almost dying thing. If you don't like convenience, you should hate Star Wars. Like, you should just hate all of it. <laughs> it wasn't that it was, it's not just convenience, it's like lazy writing. <laughs> If it, okay, it was lazy writing this magical potion or this magical spray, this science spray didn't exist before. But like Joel said, it has existed. So why does it bother you that he had it? It's not that – it's just how like how they act about it. Like, oh, no, I'm going to die. Oh, oh, wait. He mag- was going to die. Oh, magic spray? I guess. I, ca- I guess I'll let you. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I'll let you take my helmet off. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, let's go with that. It's like, okay. No, they could take You're his helmet off. You're taking me out of the story here. They could take his helmet off. They didn't have to show his face. They could, there's easy ways to do that from point of view perspectives yeah. where we never had to see his face. That's the only thing no, I have a problem with it. But I like, have no issue with it. It should have been one of those things like, hey, I'm dying. He's like, hey, by the way, however, a droid sounds like, I have the magic spray. He's like, oh, yeah. Hey, all humans leave. Actually, droid, you leave too. Just give me the spray and I'll be healed. Do you know how much prescription medication costs, Cole? <laughs> You think it's if everyone can just afford this spray willy-nilly? 
No, but I'm saying, yeah, like, like shit costs a ton of money. Like, oh, everyone should own it. No, that makes no, no sense. I'm not saying everybody should own it. <laughs> you just said that. You it, said, why didn't everyone have it? No, I said, why didn't? I said, either everyone should have it, or if, like, Mandel's like, oh. They don't have droid, universal health care. Hey, droid, like, oh, you have the magic spray that's going to heal me? Why don't everybody leave and turn around so I can spray myself? He didn't know he had him until after they left on the grate. Which I thought was cool with the sewer grate when they were – it looked like they were having an easy out and they couldn't get out of the sewer grate right away. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, because I thought, oh, they're just going to get in the sewer grate and they actually needed the droid to get through it. I thought that was cool how they didn't say, hey, sewer grate. Oh, wait, we can't open it. Now we're screwed. Like, But you knew they were going to get down the sewer grate, so. No, actually, I thought they – once the droid came in, I thought they were going to go to a different place and actually take a, on a run for it. You know, they were going to go back to that. You kind of anyway, didn't know how that went. So that, that that's the end of my nitpicking. Those things – Took me out of the show, but the, sh the show was really good. There was awesome parts of the show. The action was good. It's just the fact that, like, when we're talking about not getting an easy out, like, you literally killed every single stormtrooper to the point that you're not even worried about them coming back. The stormtroopers have never really threatened anyone. Oh, they were worried that at the end of last episode. Well, yeah, because they were, they were pinned in and they were going to get screwed. But again, they, you didn't know when you said, like, I give you till nightfall because he obviously wants to know more about the Mandalorian. He knew this guy's name. He's obviously very interested in this dude. And he said, you can't trust me. But he's like, I, he obviously wanted to preserve the Mandalorian. I think he obviously has a huge infatuation with the culture. And, um, you know, so he gives him till nightfall and you're like, oh, maybe they will turn themselves in. And then they're going to escape, which would have been more. So you didn't know which way they're kind of okay. going to go with it. And again, that's kind of also a super point. You need to make up your mind about whether you're going to give me the baby or not. Let's wait about 12 hours. That seems like a good idea. Like, how about you make up your mind in five minutes, damn it? Well, give who the baby? <laughs> well, Gideon. They knew he – the stormtroopers on the speeder bucks, they, he, they radioed in. They knew he had the baby. Okay, anyway, my whole point was like, oh, you have till nightfall for your decision. How about you need to make up your mind right now? But he want, again, he wanted – he said in his own self-interest, exactly what he said. He works his own self-interest. Right now, their cooperation was what he wanted, which means he wanted them alive. Okay. So you're saying, oh, I'm going to give this these really resourceful people because if he's infatuated with Mandalorians, he knows how they are. He's probably overconfident. Most, this dark, many, most Imperials are. I'm going to give him a bunch of hours to try and plan an escape while we just sit here. You didn't have no idea how many hours I, I had. I did think giving them till nightfall was a little ridiculous. I remember thinking that right away. <laughs> But it didn't yeah, last till that's nightfall. A long time, because the sun is like mid sky right now. It's like <laughs> you don't know how it works there, man. <laughs> Dude, the nightfall again for me. They gave it. They gave an explanation why he's like, I'm doing this in my own self interest to keep you guys alive. I'll give you till nightfall. Or he didn't care. He wanted him alive for some reason, and we'll probably find more about what he wanted the Mandalorian for later in the next season. Now he has a dark saber though. So dark saber against maybe the Mandalorian will recover the dark saber. By killing Moff Gideon, because that would be sweet. That would be sweet. So, again, you could if that bothered you, Cole. It's like I'm not, I'm not mad at you that it bothered you. I guess like me and Joel said, like the the spray didn't bother me even in the slightest. Like I didn't even think about it. even the second time. It wasn't like that's so stupid. I mean, I know we've been all over it again, but it's not the fact that they use the spray. It's how they included it in the show. Well, it led to him yeah. being unmasked in front of us, which pissed. That's the only thing that really was like you. I'm like you guys are idiots. You should never have done this in the first season. Going from things that I hated to something that I did like, I love that they brought in that being a Mandalorian isn't a oh, race, yes. it's a creed. Yep. So kind of like Assassin's Creed, only Mandalorian yes. style. Also, <laughs> Star Wars Assassin. Small creed. side note, we, we've talked about the Mandalorian being like Star Wars Batman. It is so true with their like hand-to-hand -hand combat style as far yes. as... 
they like how they carry themselves like if you watch batman like very carefully when he's about to go into a fight he's like very rigid very upright and most times whoever he's fighting unless they're like somebody that actually knows what they're doing is gone in like three blows or less same thing with the mandalorian like it's like you know he walks like a normal dude as soon as he gets in combat mode he has that like super upright posture it's like he knows exactly what he's doing tactical you know three strikes or less he's taking this guy down onto the next one i think it's really cool how they i don't know if it was intentional but like it really reminds you of batman like if you do like a quick glance like whoa I think there, it's, really, it's really a problem for me to watch Batman fight because the only way I can do it is if I'm watching myself fight in a mirror. So. <laughs> I don't get it. I'm Batman. <laughs> no, the other thing I like, too, uh, going along with Cole's fight style thing, like the one Stormtrooper group that actually gave them a tiny bit of a run for their money were the Death Troopers. Like, they were actually kind of badass in that fight. Yeah, they got beaten almost right away but they were the most badass stormtroopers of that whole group which clearly obviously that's why they get you know the whole black uniform they're clearly the best of the best see i love the death troopers they're so cool yeah i bet you do <laughs> love them so much why don't you marry them joel <laughs> be like ben i can't marry why i'm in love with the death troopers <laughs> um i think so i think we talked to mean now I'm going to give our final rating. We've been, we made it to the end, guys. This is it. What do you rate the show as a whole? And I had to think of – this is one of those things I kind of went back and forth because, like I said, there's a lot of awesome stuff here. And I would definitely recommend it if you're a Star Wars fan. I think there's a lot you can love. Um, but honestly, I can't give it higher than a 7.5 because of the unmasking. That really st- – it stuck in my craw bad that they did it, and it's like – you ruined the mystery in season one. Why would you do that? There was I would have been okay for all the seasons that we never saw his face. Because not knowing is so much better in these situations. Because there was no face you could have gave me that I think would have satisfied me. Unless it wasn't a Yoda face. He said he like he was actually like a Yodeling. Which would have made no sense because we knew what he looked like as a baby. Or a child. All right. Um I'll probably got to go a seven and a half. I, th- I feel like seven's a little too low, and there's no way that I can give it an eight. Yeah, it was, um, I mean, uh, It's this, enjoyable. This is- I've been, you know, if you've listened to this podcast at all, you've heard me complain a lot about, like, the pacing of the story and, like, the advancement of the storyline. And I think everything they set up in the last episode, again, they, they took the easy way out on this. They set it up for an interesting adventure for the second season. But, again, something that I have no, like false ideas that it's going to be like really intense like spellbinding story it's going to be like an excursion an adventure you're going to see some cool stuff but it's not that like easy, easy way out you had to take down a tie fighter easy way okay they killed <laughs> they took the easy way out don't argue me <laughs> what, what's <laughs> easy what are you talking about oh so they're trapped surrounded by we don't know how many stormtroopers. We could count them. We can definitely count them. Okay, we can. We can go back. We can count them. They're surrounded by all these stormtroopers, and their response with four people, including a droid, and Baby Yoda, so five, is to literally kill every single one of them in a matter of an hour. To me, that's an easy way out. <laughs> yeah, fighting their way out was terribly easy. It was. They almost lost the Mandalorian, dude. 
For, okay, so I mean, what would you want them to do? That everyone died? They Quentin Tarantino in it and just... Pfft. Well, now only Baby Yoda has to use his little magic hands, which was an awesome play. Use the magic hands! <laughs> when he tells Baby Yoda he uses the magic hands, it was awesome. No, I mean, honestly, what I was kind of hoping, which I didn't think they would do, is I was kind of hoping, like, especially once they had Baby Yoda, I'm like, leave. Yeah. Take Baby Yoda, leave, get us set up where the next season we need to take get baby yoda back like we have like a team in place we're gonna like now have to infiltrate some type of like super hardcore imperial place that's what i was hoping but again i i didn't think they were gonna go that route but that would have been like oh wow you really did that i know i think i know i think you know this is season one there hasn't really been a star wars show like this before so overall i think they did a really good job um, we don't want you to give it to you because we probably give it like a nine and a half, which yeah. we know we know is unreasonable. <laughs> no, all right, I, all right, Joe. I want I want so bad to be able to give it a nine. I I can't though, and and this too goes to the whole taking the helmet off in front of us. I'm not gonna go as low as an, I gotta give it an eight point five for me. Um. Just because, and for some reason, I don't know why this is, but the helmet being taken off did not bother me as much as I thought it would, just by the way that they did it. I think I'm involved enough in it where I'm upset that I had to see him without his helmet on, but yet at the same time, I was thinking, okay, well, I'm glad nobody else in the show has seen him with his helmet off. For some reason, that was... But why do we care about that? Why do we care if these people haven't seen him when we've seen it? I know, but I don't. I don't know why I care about that, but I do. Like I said, I don't really understand why, but that is something that I am happy about. Having too much of that holiday eggnog, huh, Joel? No, I'm just. <laughs> I'm invested in it. I. I'm. No, I'm invested, and I, in I guarantee you, when the story comes, when season two comes out, I'm gonna be watching it from the get go. No, I just mean like I'm into it. Like I'm kind of sucked into the world a little bit more. Total side but question. Most people, I think. Tell me again, Joel. Why do Mandalorians have their helmet on? It's a creed. But like, what what was the purpose other than the creed? Like, what's the purpose of that in the creed? Unity. We're not exactly sure. All that we know so far is that it would bring dishonor onto them, especially if they were like to be killed or something like that. It would be a dishonorable death. Okay, so like he can't take it off and let anybody see him, but we don't know why. We don't exactly know why yet, no, okay. because in everything else that we've seen, Mandalorians can take their helmet off. Okay. Why can't Stormtroopers take their but, helmets off? But it was all, everything that, that we've seen a, so far is obviously before the Purge, so it must be something to do with Purge. Well, I, I could easily see it being just something simple like unity, like no one's more important than the the clan or whatever. That too, yeah. I could I easily, mean, I could easily see that. I, I, I mean, it does have some several complicating factors. Oh, for sure it does. But again, that's again, that's stuff like if they don't want to tell me why, don't care. It's badass. Like you don't need to explain to me. I don't need to see him without his face. I was just wondering if Joel knew it. Oh yeah, Joel does. Although uh, Joel didn't know about dark saber. It's all me. Yes, I did. No. <laughs> now you do because I told you. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, man. 
seriously, Jake yesterday was like, I am so excited. I know about the Darksaber. I'm going to tell Joel. Joel's not going to know everything this time. Uh, like, I know I know everything about the Darksaber. <laughs> no, but I'm one, of the, I'm, one of those, I'm one of those nerdy. I'm one of those nerdy people when I see a YouTube video. I was like, what are the lightsaber colors and their meaning? Because lightsabers are like one of the most iconic things. Anything about like lightsaber mythology, I just I dive into. Same. Yeah, it's just like everyone wants a real lightsaber. <laughs> Although, they're, like, be the most dangerous weapon. Like, you know how the BB gun they didn't buy for the kid in the Christmas story? Because, like, you'll shoot your eye off. They'd be like, you can't get a lightsaber. You'll chop your arm off. All right, well, we don't need to see you play with your toys, you adult man. So, <laughs> this is Bruising Review signing off from Mandalorian. What do we get?